Well, it's uh, quarter to eight in the morning, so okay. it's very early, <laughs> or quite of early. It's a bit um, more early than you would usually be having intense discourse about artistic endeavours. Yeah, but it's... Um, why not? <laughs> <laughs> you were in Helsinki, right? Yes. For Baltic Circle? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do you want to cover, mate, in your in your thing? I guess I was just going to ask you, like, what is it? What do you hope that it's going to do? Oh, you mean I saw the magazine? Yeah. Um, well, I think there are, like, layers of reasons. I think the most obvious is that, well, let's start from the beginning. It was 2007 when... Um, no, actually, it was in 2001 when uh, Reality Research Center was uh, established and we wanted to, uh, not necessarily to be journalists, all of us, but we had the urge to uh, participate in the public discussion about art and live art and um, society and the world in general, but mainly about art. So we started to uh, write columns in um, in a theatre magazine, like a national magazine for theatre in Finland. And we did that for six years. And then after six years, we had a new member, a colleague of mine, Bilvi, and she had an idea of a uh, magazine of our own. So we did uh, established a magazine of our own. It was called Esitus that means a performance or presentation in English. And uh, uh, it was published to declare that there is such a thing as live art in Finland. And we also discussed performance art and post-traumatic theater and covered various issues. And we published this magazine for 10 years. And then at some point, Pilvi, uh, she had a new idea that why don't we have a web magazine that is um, for uh, international use so that it's all in English and it would should include videos and we sort of just have a new branch of uh, artistic journalism. So uh, we established a, a web magazine that was in 2014 and this, uh, the latest issue is the issue number eight. So this, uh, it's mainly about uh, distributing uh, interna- uh, in- interesting information about uh, performance art or live art and also uh, presenting uh, interesting writers not only from Finland, but we also have had um, uh, issues that um, have contributors from anywhere, basically. So this could become um, a platform for for wider range of users, uh, I mean, globally. But at the moment, it's uh, sort of our... Let's say hobby. You don't get paid very much for doing it. <laughs> but it's something that you think needs to exist in the world. Well, yes, I do. Yes, yeah. I do. And uh, w- this is like the obvious reason why we do it. But of course, the underlying idea is that um, 
I think the whole, the publisher, Reality Research Center, was published and is still here uh, for the reasons of, how can I say, curiosity mainly, that mm. we are interested in the world. I mean, whatever part of reality. And also, this is like one part of it, and the second part is that how uh, should you uh, research reality? We do it by doing performances, and that's why we also investigate uh, what is a performance and how should it be done or uh, not actually how it should be done but how it could be done what, what like what is the f uh, performance of the future so uh, I think this is like the underlying idea that we are just very curious about the world and art Mm. And also about journalism, because, of course, a web magazine is a very different kind of forum than a published, printed magazine. Yes. Wow. There's a lot in that already. Um, does that mean that there are people in your, in your group who are writing the things who are researching in other ways as well? Or is everybody researching through writing? Like researching life, researching reality? Um, not everyone is a writer. Mm. And I think the people who are, uh, who make the, the, how can I say, the editorial staff of Icehole or the team of Icehole, we are all interested in writing and um, journalism. Mm. But not everyone in Reality Research, uh, Research Center is interested in that. So um, people do it in various ways. Of course, you have to write something. That is obvious. You just can't live in this world without, you know, promoting your stuff or, you know, writing applications and stuff. So oh, yeah. everybody will write something. But, I mean, journalism is a different kettle of fish. Yes. Yeah, it's, the timing's funny because just before you rang, I was sitting here on Skype waiting and I had the page open to deactivate my Facebook account and I was trying uh -huh. to see the future and see if it would be a good thing or a bad thing because when I write something, I either write it on my website or I write it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I wonder about us becoming the shape of the vessel that is available for us to fill and mm. that's yeah, what is going on with the web publication is that you're creating a, uh, an alternative vessel to fill which asks us to be more or better or deeper or broader or mm. how is it to write do you write does everybody write directly into English or do they first write in their mother tongue and then translate well, um, if I think of the whole uh, time that we've been doing Ice Hole, mm. I think we've used both ways. But the, re uh, the recent uh, issue was written in English uh, to start with. I asked everyone to write in English and I said that I'm going to arrange someone to uh, check the language. And that's what we did. Mm. Okay. Because I, I've always, I can only speak English, well, Australian English, <laughs> but I've always mm. wondered if it, would, if it just produces different discourse, less or more argumentative, less or more metaphorical, less or more poetic. 
Um, well, I'm afraid you're right. <laughs> I'm afraid you're right. But I mean, you can always uh, thrive for better English. You you can try to um, develop your language skills. So yeah. I think there's nothing wrong in that. Mm. Of course, I mean the world that uh, only works in English. I don't really like that. But um, I'm also lazy. I mean, I only have two languages, Finnish and English. Mm-hmm. Even though Finland is a, um, has a is a has two languages, official languages. Oh, yes. So I can't speak Swedish. Okay. On a very little. But you but share still. you share a country with people who do. Yeah, yeah, I do, and it's a shame. Mm. I learned to speak English when I was young, so, and I noticed that okay, this really pays my way everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get incentivized to survive and adapt. Um, yeah. So this last issue, I was reading some yes. of the things on there, and it was pretty fascinating about, like, even just ideas like lowbrow art being the art that makes your body produce fluids, <laughs> and mm. um, I forget which which one it was, and then like that being so looked down upon, um, but it being so much more immediate and visceral and human and affecting, and that's why. S- sexualized art or art that has some kind of direct connection rather than a meta observational connection (laughs) is is seen as not being quite as prestigious and i just wonder you're obviously a lot further along in that thought about those topics than i am because it had not occurred to me I felt like a whole world was opening up of other things to consider. So I just wonder what else, like where did that come from and deciding to have an issue about these things and then curating the people who would contribute and then assisting them to put themselves in the best place to offer something of value. This also actually has a longer history because uh, already when we were publishing this printed magazine, Esitus, we uh, we were toying with several themes that okay each uh, magazine had a theme, and we were uh, wishing that somebody would you know chief edit a, a issue with a theme of sex. So mm. we should have a sex issue. We never had that. Oh. We had one about masturbation though. Okay. But nobody came close. But then um, it's actually because uh, Julius Elo, who is a colleague of mine in Reality Research Center, and he's been doing uh, sexually oriented performances for quite some time, I mean, several years. And um, mm. and oh, well, well, because I find them very challenging myself, I mean, to participate in such a performance because I'm not that, uh, how can I say? Liberated in the American I'm sense. I'm not liberated. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I'm not into this. What they call it? Uh, sex positive culture. Uh-huh. I think it sounds wonderful, but I'm not sure if I'm liberated enough to really yes. celebrate. <laughs> they do. But anyway, I was curious. I was really curious that um, because I also know that Julius is very good in what he does. I mean, he's he's very skillful. Mm. He's very very good. And so I thought that 
uh, that was maybe my like the the starting point of the whole issue. I thought I thought that because um, Julius Julius Elo he's also doing a, what's it called? I mean he become he will become a doctor. Ah yes. I mean he's what's it called the program in a uh, a doctorate. Yeah, doctorate. Yeah, academic. Yes, person. So he's uh, he's writing that thesis. It not it's not a thesis. What is that? What what do you have to write? To, um, to I think you, I think you write uh, exegesis or a doctorate. I think you like undertake your doctorate to produce a doctorate. I might not be good at this. So that's what he's he's writing the doctorate. Okay, he's been doing that for several years, and I think that in his academic circles he's been looked down upon because people think that okay. Uh, is this theme really worthwhile? And you know, doing performances where you know you touch people and it's sort of shady somehow. And I thought that it's wrong because he's so good in what he does, and he's also a very good thinker. So I thought that okay, let's let's make an um, issue where first of all I would like to interview Julius. I mean, and sort of give him a, a platform to really go deeper into uh, into his uh, practice and his thoughts about the practice. So that was the starting point. And then we mm, then I asked the whole, the ice whole team that what would other people like to write about? And they had ideas, for example, um, I think Nora Rinne, she uh, in the end wrote this wonderful essay about is it for art or arousal mm. that I found very, very good. And she had that idea from the beginning that she would like to write about that. And um, then because I know that Julius is very well connected in the sex positive culture that uh, is actually quite international. So I asked him that um, who could we... I would like to him to interview someone from from that circle, someone who uh, would uh, make art and porno both. Mm. And uh, he he knew several people like that. And he was also uh, traveling to a session in Berlin last summer. So I just. Uh, arranged a, um, a video person to shoot the session in Berlin and Julius picked up Sadie Lune. Uh, she's a, a American but lives in Berlin and she's a sex worker and a performance artist. And so it's... Um, um, and then also uh, during just like the, the autumn, I heard that there is this uh, scandal in Theatre Academy in Helsinki. In um, There was a 75 um, anniversary of uh, actors training um, department. Mm -hmm. And there was one performance by three students that caused a lot of uh, controversy. And uh, it was sexually quite explicit, the performance. Mm, not only, but... And they say that it wasn't uh, meant to be provocation, but of course it was a provocation, I mm. think. Mm. 
so it also connected with this whole uh, um, how can I say the issue that the, the uh, issue is dealing with so it's um, I didn't I, I don't think I actually went terribly far I just asked what people around me think that who and who do they know mm. so uh, that's how it sort of turned up yeah and have you gotten feedback from people about the issue? Well, this is one thing about publishing is that you get very little feedback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And I've noticed that particularly when it's, I mean, online, mm. somehow it's, it's less of, a, of an event mm. as if you uh, get a printed magazine in post with post yeah. to your postbox so that is an event but if you publish something on the net it's just like that people might go and see how it looks like uh, but they don't read the stuff necessarily or they don't watch all the videos and stuff so um, I don't know some the, the people are that um, have had or given me some feedback they were very pleased and and they liked the magazine and stuff so that's nice but um, I always feel like uh, when you publish stuff that it's sort of uh, it's like throwing stuff in the in a deep well. That's yeah. there it goes and just goes somewhere and maybe somebody will enjoy it and I hope so. Mm. I was also um, chief editing issue number four, and we had the main page video by uh, Anne Liv Young. That was very popular. Okay. I mean, it had like, uh, what is it, like uh, 50,000 uh, viewers, the video. Wow. So I thought that maybe they also have a look of the magazine in general, but I don't know. <laughs> and do you, did you just go with the web because of money or because you thought it would be, that would make it a worldwide thing? Well, yes, but uh, I, I actually like the printed magazine more. Yes. I mean, when you read it, it's, it's much more, uh, more comfortable to read yes. from paper than from, uh, uh, from the screen. But, uh, and I know that it should mean that you should always write very short stuff uh, in, the, in the web. But I, um, I'm against it. I like longer essays. And maybe it's not a good thing, but there they are, and I like them. I think they're very good. So, <laughs> I mean, you can print them out if you need the paper. Well, it's like the, um, the situation with all art, really, is that you're making something even though you know that nobody's asking for it. Yeah. And you're That's making, what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're making the version of it specifically that nobody's asking for because you think it should exist. But it would be a shame if it didn't. Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> well, I just think uh, about all the endeavours, about art in general, about discourse in general, the, the focus on the takeaway or the the thing that you can transport is is far greater, unfortunately, than the focus on the journey of the article where you read and you get confused and then it becomes clear and then you realise that what you thought you thought is not actually what's going on. 
Mm. Whereas the 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 trip of a short article is that it's been summed up in the first paragraph and you can leave it there. Mm. And your your experience is um, flat. Yeah. And somehow you're not involved. Like in a longer article, you notice yourself reading it. Then you become mm. complicit in the reading of it. Whereas a shorter article lulls you into this false sense that it is. Yeah, mm. that's right. Mm. And we do have, uh, unfortunately, we didn't have resources to do it now. But we had an idea that maybe we should broaden the spectrum of uh, media, that maybe we should, instead of uh, having long essays, we should have long, you know, audio files uh-huh. that somebody actually reads, reads the essay. Yeah. Or, or maybe you can choose that you can read it or you can listen it or you can do both. Yeah. So, I mean, it might make it more, um, what's the word, accessible or something. Yeah, but some things, they are accessible because... They are convenient, but they no longer give you access to the actual thing. So, like a can of pineapple makes pineapple accessible to you through convenience, but it doesn't actually bring you much of the experience or nourishment or nutrition of a pineapple. Mm. And so maybe that's something to be considered as well, because I think the reason that people can get through audio is because they multitask at the same time they're jogging or they're driving or something like that Mm. which is probably fine but I wouldn't assume that it's the same thing somehow reading to me is operating on the same level as scripture in a church service situation where if you are repeating in your own head the words then it becomes a mantra that becomes Mm tools and landscape and language that you can pull from from to build your own thoughts and it also becomes a viewpoint that you uh, temporarily take on as your own because mm. the voice that is getting this information to you is your own internal voice and I think that's the superpower of reading the words rather than having them read to you mm-hmm. um and do you get a sense of what what you're doing with this magazine is doing in the world? Or do you have a hope for that? Well, um, it's somehow, I mean, when you are now interviewing me from, from Australia, hmm. I think it's something, uh, something right has happened. Yes. And I mean, you read at least some of the stuff in the issue. So, yes. um, I mean, this is how it should work. That's, uh, it, it's accessible uh, also in Australia or Japan or anywhere, basically. Mm. So, I, I'm, in a way, I'm actually overwhelmed by the idea that now this is possible. Mm. Yeah, I guess the one benefit of the web is that people can just use the translator plugin. And read in their own language. Yeah, that's also true. Yes, yes. So um, this is, um, and also, um, I really enjoyed doing issue number four 
because um, I'm actually the only person who actually did it, but we actually had the policy that we should always um, combine our forces with a uh, with a festival, for example. Mm. So I did it in uh, in Switzerland, in Bern. There is a um, bone uh, performance art festival called Bone. It's been there forever or a very long time. And they were interested of having me and a German colleague of mine. So we went there and we made the whole issue about the theme of the festival. And all the videos were shot there in Bern. We asked artists to make um, uh, short artistic videos or uh, video performances for the issue. We asked them to write and I made a, like a long report of, of uh, one of the sp- these happenings that took place in the festival. And also um, there was like a full documentary on Black Market International. So I thought that was a very nice way of collaborating and also doing uh, journalism in performance art. That um, the festival gets like, um, how can I say, like a publication Mm. of the stuff that they do. And we can sort of like steal their ideas or their artists and mm, create our own um, uh, stuff for the for the magazine. So I think that was very nice, and I wish that would continue. But of course, it takes it takes a lot of time to find the right festival who are willing, mm-hmm. because of course, for free, we have uh, they have to pay something for it, and maybe that's the problem because performance art tend to have any money so well, maybe that's the reason yeah maybe you should have a magazine about opera and then <laughs> and then you'd be facing well, a different like problem very, that would be interesting that would be really cool I think it would you be know, really cool op- yeah. yeah and you know, look at the festival from a performance artist point of view that would be so cool that's mm. a good idea well, take it. It's yours. Free. It's free. <laughs> There's um this dude. I think Kevin Kelly is his name, and he once he was saying that he spends most of his time trying to get other people to get excited about the ideas that he's had because he knows he's never going to do them. He's never going to follow through on them. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know that. That's. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Do you feel um, like there's a like that your part that um, that you're part of how an artistic community chooses where it's going to focus its energy mm. that that they will do something and then read about how it has been viewed and then that informs what is the next thing that is worthy of the effort of the artist Sorry, now my English is failing me. You have to ask. <laughs> no, that's... I did not understand. I think maybe it could be my Australian accent or it could be my ambiguity. Do you hope that artistic discourse is... is um, fed by publications about the art like yours? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Um, and, and do you hope that that 
gives them frameworks on which to hang their thinking and do you hope that it might affect the focal points of people's artistic endeavors and artistic practices? I'm not sure about the focus points, but um, first of all, I thought that uh, um, artists doesn't need any publications, I mean, to do the stuff that they want to do. Mm. But then again, uh, the issue number four that I was referring to, it was about teaching and learning performance art. The whole thing was a question that can it be done and if it can be done, how then? And uh, there are a lot of people who are performance artists who say that you can't teach performance art. Mm. You just have to do it. And I understand that point of view. But then again, you can teach performance art. And I think um, one of the students there wrote um, uh, an article uh, that said that um, you, what you actually need uh, is to see other people's stuff and talk to them. And you get inspired or reassured yourself. So maybe this is what uh, Ice Hole or any other artistic journal is doing. That it's a, it's a part of this discussion of the artists. That why people do the stuff that they do and uh, maybe portraying or uh, explaining what kind of performances they make and what kind of difficulties they uh, face. So I think it's... It's in, in, inspiring. It's discussion, actually. So, so yes, I think um, a journal like this can feed other artists. But, I mean, how it feeds them, I uh, don't know, and I don't think it's my business. And I really necessarily don't want to have certain kind of uh, effects on people. Yeah. So I, any effect is fine. Do you see what you do as that other people do stuff and then you write things about that stuff? Or do you think mm. that you're, you're also the people who are doing things? Well, we are. I'm doing also things. I'm, journalism definitely is not the only thing I do. But it's just... Um, um, it's, another, uh, it's a different viewpoint and that's why I like it. Mm. Uh, it's a, another way of looking at reality or mm. the world mm. or art. Mm. So that's why I find it so uh, inspiring. I really like uh, interviewing people about what they do and why they do it. Of course, I mean, you could just go to a pub and start talking <laughs> with, uh, with colleagues and, and people you don't know. I yes. mean, for example, I could talk to you in Helsinki but I was working, <laughs> so <laughs> you have to do it in a in a heavy way. Yes, <laughs> so weird. But still, I mean, yeah, hmm. yeah. And somehow the the discussion that happens that disappears into the ether. It doesn't have enough sacredness around it. It can be interrupted and it can be dismissed. Yeah, a discussion. and of course the thing is that it's documented. Yes, and that's also uh, one of the like the what can I say? Why we are doing this is also uh, a documentation of the stuff that people do, because otherwise this kind of stuff could just disappear. 
Yes. Like as if it would never happened. Yes. And this is also a constant fight that we do exist. We do make this. You know, I mean, uh, there is a word, uh, like a new word in Finnish. It's called esitustaide. And if you literally translate it, it's like, uh, well, it's performance art. But it has a slightly different meaning than the uh, English performance art. It's something that is between uh, traditional performance art and theater. Mm-hmm. So it's not either of them, but it's somehow in the middle of them. Uh, and it usually is participatory stuff uh well briefly it's like that and where it's a new word yeah well like 10 years old so it's reason quite quite new and how how does a new word exist people just invent a, a hyphenated idea and then it comes into practice or comes into usage or like in australia we've got this very old terminology of physical theater for a show that mm-hmm. isn't quite a theatre show, but it isn't quite a dance show. And right. we're still relying on it because we haven't got anything better yet. Oh, okay. Because live okay. art is tied to performance art with all the connotations mm-hmm. that go along with the untrained body and things like that. So if you are trained and you're doing a show, but it's not a dance show, but it's also not theatre, then you kind of we still don't have a word for it. All right. All right. Because I sort of understood... Uh, that performance art, that term, mm. actually uh, can include what you call physical art. Uh, physical theater. What was it? Physical yeah, theater. I guess everything's about connotation and about the canon that mm. it exists within. And I think mm. that physical theatre exists much more within a theatrical canon and that performance right. art exists within a gallery and visual art canon in the context that I understand yeah. it. I mean, traditionally, it's like that. Yes, that's true. But um, 10 years ago, we started to um, call these performances as esitustaide. As mm-hmm. And that's how it started. And we were declaring that there is such a thing that, that is not theater and it's not performance art in a traditional sense. And it's, it's like a... Uh, art form of its own and I guess we've got somewhere because I mean uh, the Ministry of Culture recognizes this word nowadays Mm. it's not necessarily terribly well funded but still (laughs) that they know it exists yeah Uh, um, it was um, banned in mm. Singapore for the last few years possibly ten the um, performance art could not be funded. It was on the list of things that the council was not allowed to fund. Uh-huh. And dance often would fit into that unless it was obviously very traditional or classical. And why was that? Uh, I why? think it's just because it was a bit too wild for, <laughs> for the establishment because you couldn't predict oh, what would happen. Goodness. Yeah, 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 of course, Yes. Art is dangerous. <laughs> um, mate, is there anything else that you want to cover, like your biggest hopes for this magazine or like a future issue that you'll be working on? Or Well, I know who is going to chief edit the next one, Tuomas Laitinen. 
but I, unfortunately, I don't remember what was the theme. Mm-hmm. What was the theme that he's going to deal with? Oh my goodness, I'm so bad. <laughs> Do you, you have think? This way. I mean, come on, I can't say this aloud that I don't remember. <laughs> Do but you I think don't. that I, it's eight the... o'clock in the morning? Exactly, it's early. That's what I was going to say. You think it's just too early? Um, do you think that once somebody deals with something that it is, I guess the hope is that it is progressed, not that it is resolved, <sighs> but that there is a body of work that can be referenced about that thing? Now you have to ask me again. <laughs> it's like the, the bread dough. You need it so that it will rise properly. And yeah. when, when, when a theme is assigned to an issue, then you're dealing with the thing so that it can rise and expand. But that's not the last step. And that doesn't mean that it's resolved. And then hope- I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know exactly what you're asking, but... Um... I, I, that, that perhaps it's cyclical, that people do something and then you have a theme and you write about it and then those people read that thing and then the next thing they do, that it is all part of the same discourse. It's an idea that I got from Boyana Kunst, who's... Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh, she's brilliant. Brilliant, yes. One of the first oh. guests on Wombat Radio five years ago. Oh. Yeah. And she was speaking about that she feels her discourse is part of the artistic discourse of the community. And that's where mm. she feels like maybe it is useful. So it's well, just she definitely she is useful. I mean, her ideas are <laughs> useful. definitely, definitely, and 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 her book is horrible in a way that it has um, come on. I mean, I'm like shattered. I mean, what can I do? I'm doing all the wrong things. I'm promoting uh, capitalism all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a in a worst sense. So uh, it really made me think. But again, I've produced the new uh, issue of Icehole, so here I am. <laughs> Continuing. I mean, taking. I mean, actually, we dis- discussed this with uh, Julius in the interview. That I mean, uh, Julius is taking uh, capitalism. Uh, to to the most intimate uh, area of human inter, uh, interaction, I mean, sexuality. Mm. And you pay for it. I mean, you pay a ticket to get a sexual experience. That's prostitution, mm. someone would say. Mm. But it's also art nowadays. So here we are. <laughs> I mean, in the center of the whole, uh, I, I think Boyana Kunst's main, or one of her main, um, like targets that what are we doing mm. so um, now okay I started to talk, talk about Boyana Kunst because <laughs> she's so but anyway no, but um, I think it's interesting because we could draw a parallel to that we used to have entertainment and politics and now our politics yeah. is our entertainment uh, in a way yes yes because we make celebrities of our political characters and leaders and then we uh, are tickled by their demise or fall or drama. And it's a, yeah, it yes. can be comparable and, to what you're saying. And also, I mean, uh, it's, it has this, um, what's his name? Come on. Guy Debord, 
mm. who wrote uh, the um, what is it? Spectacle Society. Mm. Just you know, you sit back and watch when the politicians are doing this stuff, and you are actually part of the policy, but you don't feel like that. Mm. That it's happening somewhere outside of you, even though you you are part of the process. Why these people are there and you have elected these people to uh, pre- uh, represent your wishes mm. about society. But of course, that's also lazy thinking because, I mean, you can do so much more in, in the world and just, you know, uh, vote. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the election, you can do so much more. And are, so, are, are we, by, by making publications and broadcasts and recordings and artworks and performances are we doing that type of more that you're talking about well uh i think in a way we are but i mean if you would like to make more straightforward actions Mm. like at the moment i'm i'm sort of um i think we should definitely work more on um for the environment, definitely. I think I think that is the most cru- crucial issues at the moment. So I don't think art is a good vehicle necessarily for that. Or uh, you can deal uh, in art mm. this issue well, but I mean, if you want to really make a difference, then I think you should become an activist in a way or another. Yeah. But. And I'm sure you can do both. So it doesn't mean that you have to stop making art. You can do that as well. But I mean, you should steal time for uh, for political p- purposes that mm. are more political than art. I mean, in a straightforward way. I mean, if you want to make a difference. I wonder if um, we could continue to do the same things. We could continue to engage discourse and progress the language around the topics and the artists could continue to create and expand concepts and our relationships with those concepts. And actually, if if the people that we vote for came and saw the art shows, then our work would be very active and very effective. And that perhaps it's just that last that last mile that art breaks down, the effectiveness of art breaks down. It's not that art is not effective, it's that the eyeballs that make the shots, that call the shots, they're not being affected by the art. I wonder. Well, I'm, I'm in a way, I think you're right, because uh, um, the difficulties or the crises that we have today they were already foreseen in the art, I mean, 10 or 15 years ago or 20 years ago. People were talking about these things, but they were not considered as, um, you know, as enough important information because it's art. Yes. So I think people would really get a lot uh, of... There's a lot in art. I mean, political, um, like... um, what can I say? There's, um, there's a lot of political uh, horizons, I would say, in art, in art, art pieces. 
but you have to be uh, skillful enough to read them out. Uh, and yeah, man, that's it. Yeah. And that job is up to the artist. Is it? I don't know. Is it? I'm not sure if it's an artist. Uh, I mean, you, you do stuff and then you somehow uh, translate your stuff for people to uh, understand what you're saying. Mm. Uh, well, actually, that's what we do as well. I mean, that you do something and you, then you explain why you're doing it, what does it mean. Um, but um, I think this boils down to the structure of uh, society, that artist is always somehow in the sideways. And whatever they say, uh, it only makes uh, a difference if you are very well known and, and, and a very public figure. Like if you're Michael Jackson, you can make well, a difference. Well, for example. <laughs> yes, uh, like Leonardo DiCaprio is doing a difference, True. I think. Using his uh, status yes, to... as a currency. Yeah. 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 So... And, okay. All right, so... Step one, get really famous. <laughs> Step two, leverage that fame to make a difference. Either go and be an activist instead of being an artist or become a very famous artist. Well, wow, that sounds so... so. <laughs> but do you know what makes artists famous is publications. Well, you know, I don't really work for fame. <laughs> and I Many of us do. In, 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 I mean, I mean, deep down, why are you making art? Of course, I'm, of course I mean, if you lot of, get a lot of attention, you might get, you know, um, addicted to it, that you need more. Mm. But I don't think that's the root cause why we're doing this. I think it's the curiosity. And, and of course, I mean, this is like the institutionalized place for freedom, then there is a place where you can be free. I mean, for a short while or a longer while. But I think this is why it's so precious and why I think art in general is political. That because it is a, it's a sphere of, sphere, sphere of uh, freedom. Mm. Or at least you can imagine that you are free, even though you are not completely free, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there is a political potency in in art, whatever it is, that, um, uh, yes. So I, I wish that artists would continue being artists, but because I know people do a lot of other things, like they grow up their children and, you know, whatever they do, mm. that um, you can do a little bit politics as well, I mean, on, on the side, that you can actually, if you are worried about climate change or whatever, mm. that we do things that are, not everything has to be about art in your life, I think. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, Good that's one. what I'm saying. Good you one, don't man. have to be famous. Okay. <laughs> oh, what a relief. Yeah, I mean, all people who work for Greenpeace, they are not famous at all. And still, I think they're doing a great job. Mm. I agree. Um, I think that's a really lovely place to wrap up unless there's anything else you'd like to yeah. say no I can continue forever <laughs> <laughs> and um, do you want to just tell people where to go to read 
the issue and, and where to connect with you if they want to connect online? Yes, so it's www.icehole.fi. That's where all the issues of Icehole are mm. uh, found. Mm -hmm. And if you want to reach me, well, um, if you go to uh, Reality Research Center webpage, mm -hmm. uh, you can find my um, contact information from there. Super. And that's, uh, oh God, www.toulisuus.fi. We're there. Super. Mate, yeah. thanks so much for making this happen. Wow, I think this was a great moment. <laughs> nice way of spending a morning. Yes. Thank you very Thank much. You. I feel honored to be interviewed in your uh, radio. 